0: You're listening to Relationship Coaching with Rachel. This is where you learn how to ditch the drama with your mama. This is episode 52. In this episode, I'm talking to Tori Goddard. Tori found healing from an eating disorder disorder using spirituality yoga reiki and lots of self-love and of course we are talking about the mama drama tori and i go way back and i am so thankful that she is in my life
1: well hello everybody my name is tori goddard and i'm just so excited to be on this podcast um and i just love rachel so it's just an honor to be able to guest speak here today
0: oh thanks yeah so tell everybody what you are currently doing.
1: Yeah, so I just recently graduated from a health coaching program. So I really got into it because I love um, holistic nutrition and how the foods that we eat tie into, you know, the choices that we make and the choices that we make affect the food that we eat and our relationships, career, all of that kind of stuff, and I also teach yoga, and I'm very involved in Reiki, energy healing, um,
0: all of that kind of fun stuff. All the stuff, and we were just talking right before I uh, hit record, and like we have kind of parallel lives, I want to yes. say, but so just a background, everybody, I met Tori, gosh, okay, I opened my yoga studio in 2011, when did you start doing yoga with us I mean your sister your mom started and your like your grandmother was one of my first students yes um so when did you show up
1: so it had to have been I want to say because I moved to Texas around that time so it was Mm -hmm. just a couple years after that I want
0: to say maybe 14 15 yeah, maybe yeah. Some something
1: like that.
0: So yeah, we go way back. Like yeah. I am a friends with her grandmother. Her grandmother's one of my best yoga students and just like a just a ray of sunshine every time she, she walked is, in. I know. And her mother, and then I certified your sister, mm-hmm. Tiffany. She worked for me for like two years. Um, so yeah, we we go way back. We do. Yeah. Um, I also want to touch on, I know that there's a another parallel because I used to coach and I still do coach highly sensitive people, Mm -hmm. highly sensitive women and empaths. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience? I know that you're a sensitive person. Mm -hmm. Can can you give me some examples of maybe um, how you felt maybe growing up as a sensitive person, what that was like for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I've kind of like done a lot of self exploration through like a lot of my healing journey and just kind of always relating it back to when I was younger and how I was just always so sensitive to sound, like when people would like raise their voice at me or kind of just get really close to me and like almost feel really big even though they were just approaching me in a calm way it still felt like their presence was so strong like energetically I just felt something Mm. different like as a kid that I always wondered I was like is this like normal like am I supposed to feel this way am I supposed to like not like big crowds a lot of people energy and so as I was like growing up and I would say like when I was 12 or 13 I noticed like a really heightened sense of like self-awareness, like just feeling so always in my body, like feeling everything. Like if I was bloated or if I had like a tiny headache or if my eye, like I felt so many different sensations through my body, like so many times a day. And it was almost like hypochondriac because I was always like, something's wrong with me. Like, why am I feeling these things? Or why am I relating this feeling to having an issue? But I think it was just because I was so sensitive and like hyper aware of my body and my surroundings. So I noticed it when I was really young and then growing up, it kind of just, constantly tied into everything that I was doing I just felt it was almost like a good thing but I don't think I knew enough about it to be able to cope with it and just accept it in a positive way
0: yeah and I you know it's funny because I'm always going to tie this back to yoga and how we met like I remember your mom and I would we we had a conversation and I don't know why who brought it up and I was like oh I was just such a sensitive person and she just her eyes get really big and she's like that's like my daughter, Tori, and we we just had these parallel like mm-hmm. overwhelming uh you would walk into a room, you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, yes, whoa. <laughs> uh-huh. like exactly, and it's just it it almost became too much until we figured out like what we might just be hardwired mm-hmm. for this kind of um uh, uh, this kind of body, maybe, yeah, and I think. You know our paths are so similar, even though mm-hmm. like I'm 50. How old are you? I'm 51. I'm 23. You? I'm 23. I'm 23. So yeah. we're kind of we kind of the same type of path. Yeah. And you know that led me into like my first yoga class. It just felt so amazing. Mm-hmm. That, and I couldn't explain it. And yep. Exactly. It, it was just like I just feel. Grounded. And I didn't, mm-hmm. the grounded wasn't a word that people used back then. Yeah, definitely. But I was just like, I just, I just didn't have the language for it. And this was in my mid 20s when I, my, I think I was 24 or 25 when I had my first, it was a VHS videotape. <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably, it was like Patricia Walden's yeah. yoga video. Your mom probably had the same one or something. Probably. But, um, I just was like, what is this? I love this. And people were like, what are you doing?
1: like, mm-hmm. and this is like
0: mid nineties. So people were like, no. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Who yeah. Are you praying to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. I've Heard that before. So, you know, we do have a similar path and I love, we just keep connecting and, you know, yeah. just, you guys probably don't know this, but I also, um, I teach Reiki online and I recently certified Tori in Reiki one and two. Yes. So tell us about your experiences with Reiki. We haven't really talked a lot since yeah. you were certified. So how's yeah. that going? It's amazing. It's
1: incredible. So like I did Reiki as one of like the healing, why well, I got Reiki done on me when I was mm-hmm. really struggling with anxiety. And I think just like from the empath and the overwhelm, I used Reiki to, you know, really heal and ground me and just circulate the energy that, you know, is around us at all times. Um, yeah. But since like getting certified, it just feels like it's natural. Like it's just natural for me to practice Reiki. And it's just, it was so good to have gone through that and to continue training um, you know, like with, I don't know if they know about Brenda, but she does like the Reiki shares and all that. So it's just where people can come together and, doing that and connecting with other Reiki practitioners as well. But I was able to do Reiki a lot, um, at the place that I was working at that had just tragically
0: burnt down just recently. Yeah. But, and I feel like as an empath, this, this Reiki healing mm-hmm. journey is just like, just another tool that is, keeps us grounded and keeps us Keeps us uh, aware, just this awareness tool and um, really awareness of all the, the positive energy that's around us and how we can actually start to heal ourselves. So I'm going to go into this next Mm -hmm. part of you mentioned your healing journey and as much or as little as you want to talk about your healing journey, because I think, I think it's going to help so many people. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Okay. So when I, like I said, when I was 13 is kind of like when I noticed it was like around 12 or 13. I had just recently moved from Gillette, Wyoming to Texas. So of course it was a big environment change, Mm -hmm. you know, from the cold to the extreme hot. And I mean, I love Texas because I love the heat and everything. But for me, I think being an empath and being very sensitive change is really hard on somebody. I think it's hard on everybody, but especially for me, I took it so hard, like Everything in my life had just completely changed. And so I started having really bad anxiety. I would have like extreme panic attacks at school. Like I'd break out in rashes, like have a horrible stomach ache. I would go to the nurse's office, like passing out. Like my mom had to take me to the hospital, like because we didn't know what was wrong with me. And the doctors were just like, oh, she probably just ate something bad or, you know, like it was never like I was literally having severe panic attacks, like at such a young age, like that's just so sad. And of course my mom or my parents, nobody really knew what was going on because they hadn't really quite ever seen something like that before, but it was just getting to a point of overwhelm. Like whenever I was in an overstimulated area, I would get extreme panic and anxiety. And so I started kind of coping with it by kind of resorting to kind of controlling the foods I was eating in a way. So that's when I noticed I would stop like eating certain foods and then like comparing myself to people at school. There was like a girl that had like asked me my gene size and called me fat and then was like walking around the entire school telling everybody my gene size. Like, why is that necessary? I don't know. And then of course at 13, you know, everything's like, everything's
0: so big at 13. Yeah.
1: Everything's so big. And then especially being like highly sensitive, you're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with like, there is something wrong with me. I need to physically change. And so Mm -hmm. of course, then I had anxiety about that. And so then I was just like, okay, well, I mean, if I'm this, I need to change. Like if I'm fat, I need to change that. Of course I took it so personally. And so, you know, just starting to cut out certain things. And one thing I do want to like touch on before I continue is that like, sure. eat, it was an eating disorder, but okay. eating disorders, isn't just like, Oh, I think I'm fat. I'm just going to lose weight. It's a lot deeper than that. Like eating disorder is a way to cope with severe anxiety, severe overwhelm, severe depression, like a loss of, you know, that self-awareness that I think impacts yeah. really need. We need self-awareness. We need those grounding tools, to, to keep us present. And so it was just another way for me to cope with all of those things that I was dealing with. So it's not like I was like actually fat and wanted to lose weight. Like I was, I wasn't seeing myself as I was, cause that was just another coping tool that only I knew how to use. Cause I didn't have anything else at that time to cope with. So fast forward, I actually had to be admitted into treatment in Dallas. I was in a hospital for about six months um, because my parents really didn't know what was going on with me. And then I had seen a few therapists, dietitians, and they were like, yeah, well, she has an eating disorder. Like there's, you know, this is actually a mental illness. And so I had gone to treatment and, you know, it was just always like the outside level. Like, if you just gain weight, you'll be healed. Like if you just eat this, you won't have an eating disorder anymore. And so it was never mm. like getting to the root cause of what was going on, why I was thinking these thoughts, like what I really needed to do to heal from that. And so of course, after I gained a certain amount of weight, I came back home and, you know, same thing happened again, but this time it started like in the opposite. So at the first it was like restriction and over-exercise and then it kind of started to be like overeating and then purging. So of course, like getting oh. rid of the food. And so mm-hmm. it kind of went back and forth and then it would be like some days I would restrict some, you know, because I had, I came home with no coping mechanisms to heal with so any of So from
0: the hospital, it, it, would you correct me if I'm wrong. Would you say yeah. that it was just like, uh, I want to, in my head, it's, it comes across as like, it's just surface level, just get the mm-hmm. weight on and yep. everything yep. will be fine. Exactly. Wow. What and that's like, basically, that? yeah, yeah, they, they, they
1: basically promise like, if you gain this weight, like you'll be, you'll be fine. Like that's how it goes away. Cause scientifically, I mean, if you are underweight, of course you do have body dysmorphia, it is scientifically proven, but like, that's not the whole thing of it, you know, but that, yeah. that's when I started really like thinking like I need, there is something really that needs to be healed within me first before I just heal from this just by putting weight on. I guess I had the thought, but I never had like the mental capacity to research or like look more into it. And so I think I had, we had done kind of introduced the idea of yoga in The hospital, but it was never really implemented in my life. But I had always done yoga when I was really little. My mom actually used to teach yoga, and so I had always had the idea in my head, like, oh, I would love to do that again. And so I think when I got into Mirasol the second time, I went into treatment, which was only a couple months after. It was in Arizona, and that was more of a holistic approach. So it was still kind of like the idea of putting the weight on, but that's when they kind of had started implementing like yoga or like tremoring release. And so like releasing stored emotions in our body. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when I kind of started to research a little bit more into yoga and how that might, you know, be one of the resources that I could use to heal from my eating disorder. And of course, during my time there, I wasn't really getting better. And so I actually had to be sent to another treatment center in Chicago which was like the treatment center in Dallas. It was just horrible. Like they literally locked you in a room. Like you got fed like six times a day. You were just in a box, like in a, in a literal box, but like I was just in a box and Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by people who weren't only dealing with eating disorders, but also like suicide, like severe depression. And like there were ambulances because like, there were like emergencies. People were literally trying to kill themselves in this facility i've had instances of people like breaking into my room like trying to choke me to death like it was seriously like to wow. a point point. and i finally at this treatment center it was so like out of whack that like nobody knew what anybody was doing that i actually was able to get a phone and call my parents and be like this is an emergency i need to go i need to get out of the treatment center i don't care where you send me just send me somewhere else so they actually sent me back to mirasol which was in arizona And I remember the day, it was June 11th and I had wrote in my journal and I was actually sitting out in a chicken coop. They had a chicken coop there. (laughs) And so they had lots of animals and I really connect with animals like on a really deep level. And I just remember journaling. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, I I want to change. Like, I think that was the day that I decided like I wanted to, because you can't change unless you fully, you know, decide that you really do want to change something in your life. Mm -hmm. So that was the day that I kind of was like, I'm ready to shift. And so fast forward just a little bit, I was there for about six more months and I had, you know, I was steadily gaining weight. You know, I was journaling, I was reading, um, I was doing a lot more things that I felt were beneficial for my mental health. So I noticed improvements because I was really focusing on that, not just so much of like my physical appearance. So when I came home, of course it was, I I was able to come home about six months later and it was, it was still a really big struggle. Like it was still really hard like I would still restrict I would still over exercise I would still bend purge like all that kind of stuff for probably three or four more years and mm-hmm. like it just was like nonstop. like the thoughts in my head like it was just a constant but when I came home that's when I started yoga that's when I started like really implementing yoga and like, I would go every single day to your stu- studio. Yeah. I think, you were like, there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only thing that like made me feel like present because you know, it's so, it's so much, but like it was, it felt so much, but in a good way for me personally, like the sweat, like the heart, you know, pounding. Yeah. I it mean, was, like, listen, y'all, if you haven't
0: done hot yoga, everybody it's, it's no joke. But it's it's also it's almost like you go so deep. Uh I mean, I'm always gonna. This is I would say, listen, hot yoga is my first love, Uh and it there's something about it how hard it is. And I will say, everybody, that when Tori walked in the room, there was nobody with deeper focus. I mean, she was there. You were there for a purpose. You Uh were like, when we say laser beam focus in that yoga room, that was you.
1: Yeah. Like I get and goosebumps thinking about it because it you, was like, you're like, you had the, work to do. Yeah. yeah I yeah. had work to do and I was ready.
0: It, it's not just the postures and it's not looking good exactly. in your yoga outfit. It is like focus determination. You're there because you know, you have work to do. Yeah. Yes. So tell me how you felt after your yoga classes
1: after my yoga classes, like, that's the only time where I felt like extremely present, mm-hmm. like extremely self-aware. And I think it was like the heat, mm-hmm. like, and I still frequently go to saunas just because I think that's where I'm most like, I release, you know, I think we release a lot of short emotions through heat, you know, breath yeah. work. And so with yoga, you're breathing, you're sweating, you're moving, you're grounding, you're connecting. Cause it's like slow dynamic. So afterwards, I just felt like a sense of like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. Like, this is what I need, you know? And that's like what I realized. It was like by building this self-awareness and it's a practice, like you have to constantly build it, you know? But it's also like in the beginning, I would say I was just doing it because for exercise, because it was like, oh, this yeah. is my only time. Like I hadn't exercised in however long, because you're not allowed to exercise in treatment. So oh, I was like, okay. oh my gosh, finally I get to move my body, which I think is a big thing. That's an issue in treatment centers is like movement is like non-existent just because they're trying to put
0: weight on you. That's you're not. so allowed Interesting. To yeah. Yeah. I is- don't think I realized that. Mm-hmm. And I will say that when I move whether it's a 15 minute walk. Yeah. I, I just say down to the stop sign and back. If, and if that's my minimum baseline for the day, I come back with either a bazillion ideas or uh-huh. whatever was bothering me or whether I've had a fight with my mom yeah, or whatever, even I will say, even when my husband and I are like, not really going through something, but we're just kind of feeling like, let's just take a walk. And we call it the walk and talk. And listen, he's a giant person. He takes a big, giant steps and I'm trying to keep up with him. Yeah. But by the time we get back, we've both kind of like, whatever might've been bothering us. And it was small things can be big things, but whatever, whether it's work or, you know, family stuff, by the time you get back, it's like, oh, kind of, that just kind of solved it. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it is that easy. Just moving uh-huh, your body. Exactly. It's that easy. And I think like that's kind of like worst depression I've ever been in. was when I didn't move. Mm-hmm. I agree with you for sure. And you know, sunshine movement. I know it sounds so basic, but it's really, the, I think it's just the basics.
1: I agree. And I think that you like are really touching on it. Cause that's exactly what we were talking about with the owner at ritual is simple, mm-hmm. Like we come complicate it so much. Like it's actually simple. Like, Oh, what go outside and just stand barefoot in the grass for 10 minutes. Like just breathe in the fresh air. Yeah. From the tree. That grounding. Like, the grounding. Oh my gosh. Just the like, earth energy. Yes. Oh my gosh. And then, yeah. So it, it was, it was like that, like yoga, but then I really started to connect with nature and just like within the past year or two is when I really felt a boost in my healing mm-hmm. because I was actually connecting with something greater than myself. So it's not just like self-awareness, but I was connecting to source. So like your spirituality, like your higher power, then like nature, divine love and energy that's like around us at all times. So for me, it was like, yeah, I'm self-aware. I want to connect with that, but it didn't really hit like that healing point until it was like, no, Tori, it's time to connect with something greater than yourself.
0: Yeah. Thanks a lot for that because I think not a lot of people know what going through something like that is like, and there might be some people that are currently struggling. And so thank you for kind of like giving us a good, a good container to really think about what it's like to have an eating disorder and what are kind of some of the pitfalls that Yes. that can happen along the journey. And really, I love what you said about like, it's just like being connected. Mm-hmm. Do something Connection, bigger than yeah. yourself, which is, I know that sounds cliche, everybody, but it is the truth. It's it the is, total truth. Yeah. So the more uh, pressing topic. Um, so as many of you know, I've kind of morphed from, actually I am still teaching uh, or um, I am still working with empaths. But some of you don't know that most of my conversations that I've had with empaths actually turn into conversations about, we're just going to call it mama drama. drama. And I think (laughs) that is my program, ditch the drama with your mama. Oh, I love that. And um, so, you know, as most of you know, um, listen, our mothers, are first, our our first relationships, I've had my own struggles. I still go through at least once a week. I'm like, my mom's driving me bananas and I love her. So can you a little bit, this is kind of unscripted, but can you talk about any, anything that you learned from your mama? Because I've got a couple of topics. I've got a body image drama that comes up. We've got money drama. We've got, um, mom's emotions drama. Mm -hmm. Um, so wherever you want to start girl is totally fine with me.
1: Yeah. So, When I was in, okay, so let's just start like when I was young, my, like I said, I started yoga because my mom was a yoga instructor and she, Mm -hmm. my mom was really physically active. Like she would walk like several times a day. She would do yoga several times a day. Like I was just very involved. Like, and when I was young, I was always so aware like of what other people were doing what I was doing. So of course I was like taking note. of like, man, she walks a lot, man. She does a lot of exercise. And then she would like not eat meat for like, several months or that she would not eat dairy. Like she, I would notice like she would cut certain things out of her diet. So of course, when you're little, you're absorbing and noticing everything yeah. like, Oh, okay. So I wonder why, like, I would always ask myself, like, why is she doing that? And like, I remember like, she was very physically fit, like just very, I don't know if it was just so much of like her, you know, looking at her body and wanting it to look a certain way mm-hmm. but, or just like using it as a coping skill. Cause she had five kids. I mean, I'm sure she needed some you know, stress. Like I got to
0: go y'all. Yeah. I got
1: to go for several walks a day. I mean, either way, whatever it was, I personally seen it as a way to control like her weight, the way she looked. Um, and then like certain foods that she was eating. So I always remember that, like when I was young, just kind of like really looking at her as like, Oh, maybe I, I need to look like my mom, you know, growing up, you know, I kind of like, that's how I related it to like, I need to look like my mom. And so throughout like my, tr- th- like my treatment, I never related it back to like, when I was younger, like controlling food in a way. And like my mom never said anything to me about my body. she never, ever said anything about any of us, like about our weight, about what we should or shouldn't eat. So it's not like it was something that she actually did, but it's something that I perceived from her lifestyle. It just picked up on
0: I possibly. Pe- yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, as a mom, she was like a role model for me. So of course that I I seen that as, you know, something that I should be like, my mom looks like that. I should look like that. So she never, I don't think she ever meant it to be across that way. And I don't even think I've ever, maybe I have spoken to her about it. I think we did have like a counseling session where it was like, what impact did your mom have on you as a kid? And I flat out told my mom one time because throughout treatment, we had the worst relationship of like ever. Like I told my mom, I hated her. I told my mom Mm. that I didn't want to be her kid. Like we like were Enemies because my mom really, you know, was like making sure I was eating, you know, making sure I wasn't she was the bad life. guy all of a sudden. Yeah, she right? was the bad yeah, the bad guy, but she was just doing what she was told by the treatment centers, right. you know, because she didn't know what real healing was either. So of course she was telling me not to move right. or exercise or you know, eat whatever. Listen to the
0: doctors. You yeah. Know? Listen
1: to the doctors. Yeah, exactly. So of course I seen her as the bad guy because she was the only one that I could take emotions out on. You know, I can't yell mm. at my therapist you know, so I can yell at my mom. Like, I don't want to get kicked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we have the worst ever relationship and we, we would have constant counseling because we were so like fighting all of the time. And I thought I told her, I was like, well, mom, you always dieted. You were always watching your weight. Why are you telling me that like, I can't, you know, care about how I look. And yeah. I just remember her kind of just like looking at me like, oh my gosh, like, wow, maybe I did have an impact on you. You know, but, and then it, yeah. and then of course, a couple of weeks later, she was like, well, I don't know why you're blaming me for your eating disorder. Like all that kind of stuff. And I was like, mom, you just admitted, oh, I know it. you had a, you had a, you had a role in this too, you know, but yeah, she, just like, like voicing that to her made her aware, like sometimes like we hold our emotions in. we don't talk to people. We don't talk about our feelings. Like we're not ever taught that. You know, we're not ever taught to express how we feel. Like if I was young and my mom was like, Hey, you know, just talk, if there's anything that ever bothers you, or if there's anything that you find like a little bit concerning, like feel free to talk to me whenever you want. Like I never, we had a close relationship growing up, but I feel like she was always in her own world. She had so many kids. She had so much going on that like, I never had that personal connection with her to really openly talk about Hey mom, you actually, I noticed that you do this. Like, why do you do that? Instead, I just made up my own assumptions in my head.
0: Or sometimes we're terrified of our mother yeah, we're, and yeah. we're like, I'm not asking her. She's going to get me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And I mean, of course, because we didn't have like a super solid relationship. I didn't want to yeah. ask her because I didn't want to be on her business, you know? So yeah. that I would say played a really big role in my personal body image is kind of like seeing how my mom perceived herself. Um, and then you know, just kind of feeling like I needed to follow in her footsteps.
0: Yeah. And there's so many women that I've spoken with that. I mean, the range is, I mean, it's every, probably the youngest person I've talked to is, I don't know, it's probably you all the way up to in their Mm seventies. They're talking about like, My mom put me on a diet, or sometimes it was just like you're just like I mirrored what they did. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's in you know, you guys on this podcast, we're not blaming mama for anything. Mm -hmm. We are taking responsibility. Yeah, I take full responsibility. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes it it it's in the form of having those conversations with our mother, Mm -hmm. whether or not she's there for it. It's really because I think. My, I would say my generation, it, you know, I'm 50, I was born in 1970. My generation is possibly the first generation to talk, and still, a lot of the people that are my age are like, No, 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 we're really? not talking about this. Oh, wow! So, but I think people younger than me, mm-hmm. um, and especially your age, are like, We've got to stop this. Yeah, we do, it's time. It is time. And listen, I am not the most popular person in my family right now, probably because I'm doing this <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, you have, Listen, she can get happy, mad, sad about anything. And I love her. There are a bazillion things I love about her. Uh-huh. And I have worked, listen, trans, I wrote this right before the podcast. For some reason, it came to me. Transformation work is the hardest and most rewarding work that we will mm. ever, ever, ever do. Love that. And I also will say most people don't want to do it. Yep. Can we talk about like emotion, mama drama and emotions a little bit? Like, did you learn to shut down or did you learn yeah, yeah. to like, tell me what you kind of learned from mama?
1: Yeah. So everything, my emotions had to be shut down. Like when I was in treatment and just like our relationship, like I would express myself, I would cry. I'd be in a horrible mood because I was going through a lot. I was having to let go of something that that's all my eating disorder was all I knew. It was like in my, my case, it was like my only friend, like, no matter was what just was just going to say on, that. That's so like weird. It was, yeah. it was the only thing it's, it does sound, you know, interesting, but I think a lot of people can relate to that, like mental mm-hmm. health, you know, anxiety and depression. Like it's always just something that you can like go to in a really weird way because I didn't have anything else. And so when I would try to express or like cope or, you know, just, I was going through a lot because I was letting something go that was really meaningful to me. My mom would just go nuts. Like Tori, you've got to get better now. You need to stop feeling this way. You need to like move on. Now you've got to let like, go. Oh, you're eating disorder. Why don't you want to eat? Why don't you want to take care of yourself? And like, still sometimes these topics will come up. Like yeah. Poor, you have horses, you need, you have a lot to take care of. You have a lot of life here. Why would you want to risk that and go to treatment? Like she's just assuming that I'm going to be sent to treatment. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. mother, I've got to be
0: terrified. <laughs>
1: yes. And I think that that's where it's stemming from is her own personal trauma. Like she doesn't want to see me go down that path again. And she just wants so bad for me to get better. But the way she's expressing it to me is telling me to shut down. And I just, I think that it's a really good thing for moms to just allow their kids to express, like even still to this day, our relationship is so great. It's much better. I do express and, but still I have bad days. I have anxiety and it's like the end of the world when I'm having a bad day
0: how often would you say you experience anxiety on a weekly basis? Is it like a daily thing like me or is it like low grade?
1: So, well, just recently within like the past, I would say about a month or two ago, I was having panic attacks every single day. And I don't know what, I mean, I relate it to kind of like something spiritual. Like I've kind of ascended into another place and I know that kind of sounds crazy for people who aren't like well familiar listen with. you and I we, yeah. we talk
0: we talked to crazy talk and I love it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but
1: I was having panic attacks every day I felt like everything was like the colors were so bright like noises were so loud like my scent like I felt tingling in my neck like my heart would race mm-hmm. and like it was like an overwhelming sense of presence. Like I'm here on this earth. Like it's, it sounds so crazy, but literally that's what it felt like. I was like, I am literally here. I am literally a living being on this planet. Like, I don't know how to do this. And that's, that's like crazy. the senses that came over me. And like, I would, you know, I would breathe and I would just kind of let it pass. But like, I was like, when is it gonna come back? Like, I don't know, you know, what's gonna happen, but the anxiety it, about
0: the yeah. impending anxiety, like it's uh-huh. gonna come back for a visit. <laughs> Yeah. Yes,
1: literally. But through like, between like panic attacks, I mean, it would happen like one and then like a week later it would happen again. But like throughout each panic attack, it was like an overwhelming, like, it almost felt like a download from like my higher power of like Mm -hmm. what I need to know about healing like earth. And like, that's when I like started noticing like the difference in shapes and colors and sounds like flowers and like our chakras and like how each one's related and animals and like how we just share energy just by like, you know, giving a smile to somebody like that's everything that we do on a day to day can be healing for ourselves and for other people. And it was like, healing does not have to be complex, you know?
0: Yes. Yes. And I love the simplicity of, you know, the way you're speaking of, you know, about like, it can, it doesn't have to be hard y'all. It is not difficult. You just have to show up. Healing is not like a straight line. I mean, I think Mm -mm. most of us know that, but it's, it's these things that we do. Sometimes I'm inspired to do a week of yoga. And sometimes I'm like, my body hurts and I'll just do some gentle stuff. Yeah. Or, but I do, what is your, what is your practice look like these days versus, you know, way back when you're just getting out of your, the treatment. And so what does it look like today?
1: So I try to practice. And the one thing I always tell people, like, whether that's yoga students or just like friends or Mm -hmm. people who like ask me about yoga is that yoga isn't always necessarily like rolling out your mat going to a studio, practicing for an hour. Like sometimes it's just like waking up in the morning and sitting up, crossing your legs, having your palms touching and breathing. Like sometimes that's my yoga practice.
0: Remembering to uh, breathe. Yeah, just breathe. Consciously. Yeah, (laughs)
1: consciously. Cause like so many people are holding their breath and it's like I I noticed that like after I would have those panic attacks like I would have a shortness of breath and I think it was like my body like catching up because of like all of the tension that I was holding like in my chest yes. and so it was finally just like remembering to breathe so yoga I would say and now like it just gets better every day in my opinion like everything I do can be considered yoga or meditation I love it so it's like everything I'm doing is like fully present. Like I'm really intentional with that. And for me, that's yoga because yoga is what you do on your mat is what you do off of your mat. Like how you practice on your mat. I know there's like a saying is how you live your life off of your mat. So it's like a mutual connection. Like when I'm on my mat, if I do practice for an hour, I'm fully present in that space. But I take that with me to the people I meet, to who I talk to, like what I'm writing, you know, whatever I'm doing is just fully presence. And I think that that's yoga. So my yoga has like completely transformed into like daily, all day, every day versus just like when I used to practice, I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to yoga. Okay. Now I'm done. Now. What? Yeah.
0: There's a, oh, this little, uh, this little, little box that we need. To okay, there's, there's my yoga. And then I remember happening. people would say I only did 15 minutes. And so it doesn't count. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes. That's a that's big, big thing. It.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no,
0: I like some days it's like, it's 15 minutes and that was as good as it gets. And yeah. I cried most of the time. Yeah. yeah
1: literally. yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes we experience more when we give ourselves a shorter amount of time because it's like that pressing feeling to like really get it out kind of for me, that's how it feels. Like you are just really use this time to really focus. And nowadays our attention span is so short. So sometimes we have to give ourselves only five or 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. Did you ever, and I know I did this because- that was what I did at, at times in my life. Did you ever use yoga against yourself? Like I'm mad at so-and-so I, or I'm mad at myself. So I'm going to punish myself with yoga. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I definitely did that with, especially Bikram because it's so
1: hot and like invigorating. Like it was just so like, uh, I did, I did use it. Against <laughs> myself. You're yeah. Like I would use it against myself. Like if I was mad at my, especially if I was mad at my mom. And like my mom, you know did what? Not- Can we, what? we have yeah. that? Is the
0: most I would get mad at my mother mm-hmm. and I would take it out of myself because you know I own the studio. Yeah. So I'm like, I would go in when we didn't have classes and I would crank that heat up as yeah. much as I could stand. And most of the time it was just there to beat myself up and then I would start crying. And then, you know, it was, isn't that so funny? But it was it, always because I was mad at my mother.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that that, I will say that's probably one of the only things that I would use against myself. Like anything mm-hmm. that I did, it was almost like my mom would, This sounds so bad, but nobody can make me as mad as my
0: mom did. Listen, I'm with you right there. Listen, like, you can do anything honestly, to me, mm-hmm. but I'm like, in my head, I was like, that lady can't, yes. she knows what buttons to push, but she you know, does. yes. well, yeah. And then we are like, I'm totally giving my power away to this person. Mm-hmm. because that's yes. what I've always done. And so I right. think, and this is just kind of what I'm learning kind of with myself and I still have a relationship with my mother, but I mean, like I said, there's at least once a week, I'm like, are you kidding me? This lady's mm-hmm. driving me bananas, yep. but I'm approaching it a little bit differently. Yes. Like even this last week I graduated and I'll probably fall off the whatever, but I graduated until she got to say whatever she wanted.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was like,
0: she's just gonna have to say it. And it's not what you want to hear. And it's, you think that it's a terrible thing that she's saying. Yeah. But she gets to say it. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard, but also I got off the phone and I was really proud of myself. I'm like, I just didn't, I didn't indulge. yes, And like, you're wrong. I just, I want, you know, I would sometimes, and, you know, very recently, I would go in looking for a fight. Like, uh oh, she's calling. Yeah. So, like, better put on the boxing gloves. Uh huh. I can There's totally going to be one of that. those conversations. And lately, as I've been working with other women, and really, I'm getting coached myself on all this stuff. Well, also, yeah, I was like, going to say, yeah. I think
1: when you help coach other people, y'all are mutually helping each other. Like that's I guess. Yes. It. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I definitely. will say every time I talk to a woman about their mom and I can see the same kind of patterns that I had dealt with. Yeah. I'm also like, yeah, but where am I? Like I'm an adult. Like, yeah. where am I mm-hmm. doing the dance? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you have to start, take rates. You got to start, start taking some responsibility
1: for this, she gets to
0: say mean things if she wants to. Yeah. It's up to you to decide, Hey, if you want to have a conversation with her, if I want to go very low contact one week, or if I just want to let her be her. Yeah. And I will say the last couple of times I went into it, just like, just let her say what she's going to say. And you don't have to make it mean that you're a terrible person or that you're not enough. Or, um, I do have women that come to me and I don't, I don't have this, the dutiful daughter, like, Oh, you're supposed to do all this stuff for your mom. Oh, I don't have that. Yeah. Um, how about you? Is that kind of, one of I, your things? N-
1: no? the only thing I will say is like, I had to, for a long time, my recovery meant like recovering from my mom. Like I was getting better just so my mom could be happy. So oh, wait, yeah. Me, oh, that's it was familiar like, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm just going to eat because my mom wants me to, I'm just going to, not move all day because it will make my mom happy
0: pipe down a little bit. Yes. And that's really
1: toxic. It it was really toxic for a while there. Yeah.
0: Because you're putting the focus on the other person. Yeah, And I was
1: just, my, my recovery was not mine. It was somebody else's like, I'm not recovering because I want to be better. It's just because like my mom told me to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And I think the more people I talk to, the Mm -hmm. more like it just what I don't know. I don't want really to say what I'm doing, but what we're all doing to learn about our mother relationship, because it's our first relationship. We yeah. learn yes. so much yes. from, from from this woman who's just probably trying to do the best that she can. I know. Yes. And we're like, she's meany. And we're like, yeah. well, <laughs> you know, come on. Um, uh. So I really want to say, listen, you know, compassion for the moms out there who have probably had the moms that maybe told them, right something. exactly or like generationally mm-hmm. i think this is now is the time to make sure that healing happens yes. and whether she's there for for that or not it's not yeah and i know my mom's not really not interested in anything that i'm doing so no. i have to just let her not be interested yeah and when i have those thoughts i'm like oh well i can still help people even you know because 9 times out of 10 we're like okay If she would just change all these things about her, then I would be happy. And I'm like, yeah, "Mm, actually Mm -hmm. I get to be happy, whatever she does. Right. She's going to do whatever she does. Circumstantially. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up in a few minutes, but I want you to tell my listeners or our listeners, like what you do and how you help. So you just got, did you just recently get your certification? Yes. A couple months ago. Okay. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So it's, um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I thought it was just going to, I really wanted to study more about like food and I really have like a deep, like craving to learn about how the foods we eat affect our mental health, because I just wanted to know, like lack of nutritionally, like what you think, like with your anxiety, I noticed certain foods and a couple hours later I'll have like anxiety like I'm like oh that's interesting so i was really getting into that and so the institute for integrative nutrition really just teaches all about bioindividuality it's not like a strict you know nobody's on a diet it's not like Yay. exercise you know it's just <laughs> taking the person as a whole and just like saying how so they go through like the 12 circles of life so like career joy spirituality physical activity home cooking home environment all those kinds of things and how each one plays into the foods that we eat and why we're making decisions so if you have a bad relationship with your mom or your spouse or a friend like does that make you overeat does it make you restrict like for me yeah you know if i was really mad at my mom i really noticed my eating disorder flare up and either like want to just go crazy with like overeating and like puke or restrict and like, just make her mad, you know? So there's like, just so I'll, show her. Yeah, <laughs> I'll show her because I'm like, you want me to recover for you? Well, I want to recover for myself. So just let me. So just yeah. all of those things that we experience on a day-to-day, like a stressful day at work, like that makes us kind of resort to food because food makes us feel good. You know, like yeah. it, we can't deny that. Like food makes us feel good instantaneously. Like it releases those feel-good hormones in our brain. Yeah. And so I'm kind of just really helping people like discover what is it that's causing you this deep stress, this disconnection from your higher power, your intuition, your spirituality, and how we can regain that. So you're not always looking to food to make you feel better. And so it's kind of like resorting to that energy that we have within ourselves. Like, again, like I said, returning to our intuition. So through Reiki, prayer, meditation, all that kind of stuff,
0: yoga, all of the helpful tools. Yes. That we have. I mean, they're just
1: already here on this earth, you know?
0: Yeah. And I love your keep it, keeping it simple kind Mm -hmm. of protocol that you've, you've got going on. Um, anything else that you want to touch on before we wrap it up? I think
1: that, Um, I'm just so excited. I think that was like such a good little conversation we had. And I just love how much we have in common and that, you know, we're able to stay connected. And I think that it was really amazing how we connected back through the Reiki and stuff, just because I feel like anybody who gets trained from somebody in Reiki has like a deeper connection already as it is. So my website is down to And on there, you know, I have like some yoga videos. Um, you can also like just schedule like a consultation for health coaching. And I actually just launched a program called reconnecting with your highest vibration. So it's basically just how to connect with like the earth and your energy within yourself, um, your intuition and how to find like food freedom. If you've been struggling with like restriction mm-hmm. or overeating from food, how to find that through Reiki yoga, all the things that I found to help heal myself is basically what I'm sharing on this platform. And then I also have like all organic handmade body care products, which is really what started in inspiration. That's in right. my recovery. So yeah. that's like what really started was those natural products. It's just like making lip balms was really therapeutic for me and just having that sensory awareness, like just having that peppermint lip balm on your lips, like really heightens your awareness of your, like the tingling on your lips, the smell, all that kind of stuff, the way it feels when you put it on. So I also have some products on there. So yeah, that's how y'all can find me.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. I will link all that in the show notes. And if you all didn't know this, I have added transcripts to the last three or four episodes, and I will be doing that moving forward on the podcast is so great having you today, Tori, and I hope to have you back soon.
1: Yes, it was so much fun, Rachel. Thank you so much. I
0: really, you're enjoyed welcome. It. Now, if you could use some more coaching on this, you can go to rachelkhudson.com and click the tab that says work with me and we can schedule a free consultation. Thank you so much for listening today. I will be back next week with more helpful tips, advice, and tools so that you can ditch the drama with your mama.